It is January 21st in this year, 2022. Living in the future, talking about SmackDown and Rampage, a rare live Rampage tonight on TNT. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Dima Diva Issa. And here we are tonight, a week away from the Royal Rumble. A week with some news, some events, some happenings, some developments. Have you guys been practicing your countdowns to make sure that you're ready for the Royal Rumble? That's a good tip. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that tonight. It'll take me about a week to get my countdown down to right. memorize right. the numbers That's... first. I need to memorize the numbers from sure. 10 to 1. Uh, so after Fact. I memorize those numbers, then I'll get the timing down. Okay, perfect. Let me know how you do. I'll, I'll start tonight as well. Glenn, you need some... when are you well, starting? Well, you know, I made the mistake one year of having the, the stopwatch on my phone going and just getting very angry how uh, – they uh, judge the length of three minutes the way a psychiatrist judges an hour or a uh, lap dancer uh, judges a song. It's very <laughs> loose interpretation. You're right about that. It's not very consistent, the time that goes between entrants. Absolutely. Uh, and you think about that. You think about that in the champagne room as you think, I, I know I'm going to request November rain. And then, like 11 minutes. But no. Like 90 seconds in, like, okay, time's up. They're just fading that out. It's a scam, I tell you. Not that I know such things. I've heard on the streets. And Anyhow. Vegas. That's like the Vegas. strip club capital of the world. It's, it's, is it? Right, really? What am I, I think it's out? one of them. I mean, well, shout out to Scores. And uh, was it Sahara? Sahara's a lot of fun. Well, there you From go. what I've heard. Post-pandemic. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we got some news to jump into. We do have some news. It would be so worth the COVID, though. Internally, it looks like WWE is said to be disappointed with NXT 2.0. According to WrestleVotes, who never misses, said internally WWE is said to be disappointed with NXT 2.0 in its first four months. Source said that they thought more fans would gravitate toward the newer stars quicker than they have. Could it just be too much too soon? Either way, I don't expect any changes to the concept. Wait for it. Just yet, Andrew Zarian also chimed in saying that NXT 2.0, they feel like maybe the abruptness of how everything was rushed out there is to blame. Uh, That's what some executives feel. NXT did 587,000 viewers this past week. That's down almost 10%. And in 18 to 49, a scary low number of 0.11, down 21%. So NXT 2.0 really hurt. And we have a lot of fun with NXT 2.0 on the show. I think it's because we have fun together. So it's easy for us to enjoy a lot of things. But at the same time, we are willing to admit, as Isi was talking about it, how she just kind of felt that it was not really delivering uh, the way it should. So what do you guys think about this news, starting with Isi? Yeah, I was talking about it earlier on my on my YouTube channel about how I love what we do because, you know, obviously I enjoy wrestling and it never feels like a job. And there are some Tuesday nights where watching NXT feels like work, you know, and like you say, we come in here and we have a lot of fun. But I have been very open and vocal about the fact that I think they're trying to introduce us to too many characters at once. And I think that also they're not booking them to win this 50-50 bookings make you just not become invested in any of them. So I do think they need to slow down, realize which characters they want to get invested on and really put the time and effort into those characters. And put the title on Tony D'Angelo. Yes. That's really the solution to all their ratings woes. Uh, You know, I was mentioning this online today. Again, I think the new NXT, if they realize they can basically do a half a million people 
just by airing anything. They outsource the TV production. They cut back every NXT contract to like 30 grand a year. And if you don't make it to the main roster in two years, you're out. Out two years? Yeah. I'm going to live 30 grand a year for two years. But they, they were doing that before. Before Finn Balor came into NXT, the starting pay for a performance center recruit was around 30K. I think the female talents got a little bit more because, I mm-hmm. mean, and I'm just saying this, like it literally was stipulated. Look at the article. I think it might have been Forbes right. a couple of years ago that broke this. Uh, female talents got more because they uh, had more makeup, hair costs, yeah. things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you look at this. If what they were doing before wasn't sustainable, and that's part of the reason why they made the change, you got to figure Adam Cole, there were some guys in there that were probably making main roster money. If they can get this down to 20 men and 10 women at 30K a year each, outsource TV, this all of a sudden becomes insanely profitable for them. And they're able to get some revenue, which they were never able to really do with FCW or OVW, but it makes it attractive uh, on the balance sheet and it brings it back to pure developmental. Because I think the problem before that they may have realized was that with contracts coming up, it was going to be very expensive if they're going to have to essentially have NXT compete with AEW for contract renewals and that kind of money going forward. That completely changes the equation for how much cash NXT is burning. Yeah, and this is really also a creative problem. Like, let's just face it, Vince and Bruce were never going to be the answer. I think once we started seeing the writing on the wall during NXT 1.0 and its dying days, I don't think anybody was really excited at the prospects that NXT 2.0 was going to be better. Uh, I felt like making it more like the main roster and doing what they've done with showing so many people's stories that you just forget them, I think that's a mistake. And uh, I think that if they would have come to Triple H while he was running NXT 1.0, because, yeah, we have these fond memories of NXT 1.0, but I have a lot of criticisms as well, particularly it just got too indie for its own good. They were trying to out-indie the best indie in the world, which is AEW. And yeah. they were doing this. And if they would have come to Triple H and said, listen, Triple H, we need you to make it more mainstream. We need you. And they gave him all these ideas. I think he would have done a better job at curating NXT uh, to a, a different era, but not necessarily run it in the ground the way we're seeing it right now. And if it hadn't been Wednesday, if they hadn't moved to Wednesday on TV, if they would have gone to Tuesday to start with, I think it would have helped. I think trying to go head to head was a big, big mistake. Yes. Agreed. Uh, Carrillo's uh, saying, Glenn said it first, outsource NXT to Impact. Yeah, I thought that's where you're going with it. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's going to be Impact, but I'm saying it makes no sense for them to hire... Think of all that overhead they have to have. If you're spending a million dollars on your creative staff alone or more, I'm sure, I mean, you know, those contracts add up. I mean, you, you think Road Dog and, you know, all the Triple H hires, you think those guys were making minimal salaries? They're probably making more than a lot of the talent is. So I don't know. I think they've got to look at the finances of this to find a way to make it sustainable. Uh, not sustainable in the sense of they can't, they can afford it because WWE can afford anything. They could subsidize this till the end of the earth. But what I'm saying is Nick Khan, now that he's got his hand in things, it's about the dollars and cents and the shareholders. And that's a much different equation. King Rail, $2. They fired and let go talent. What did they expect of people not liking the change? Um, it's just, isn't it weird when you think about pre-AEW Dynamite, how NXT was the darling of the internet wrestling community? And then AEW out NXT, NXT. Yeah. 
Yeah, they did. And and uh, to King Rail's point, I, I'm surprised that some of the talent they let go were in the middle of storylines, which that to me is mind-blowing because that makes you change your booking on the go. And, you know, we're seeing it now that there's a lot of people that they probably didn't have plans for and they're just winging it. But there are some people on TV that, I'm sorry, Von Wagner, Brooks and Dunn. Um, there's quite a few performers on there. I mean, even to a sense, like, is LA Knight really popping any ratings? It's Grayson Waller getting people to tune in week in and week out. If I were them, I would really re- rebuild the show around the talent that forget popping the audience. Cause that audience is like almost supportive to a fault at times. Like they really need to do the research on who people want to watch on television. And remember the first and foremost, they're making a TV show. Yeah. And I would like if there was one thread throughout an entire show where it wasn't just one vignette after another, one segment after another. They really need to try to shake up their storytelling. And this is something that Vince is very familiar with, especially throughout the Attitude Era. This is how a lot of Raws were formatted, where there's one central storyline that takes you through the entire show and it kind of resurfaces in uh, like three or four segments so that there's less to chew on in NXT. And they messed up because they had a very natural massive faction storyline that they essentially blew off in war games. They could have had black and gold versus 2.0 and kept that going with having locker room size factions, giving every match, those stakes battling for the heart of soul of NXT, and then essentially figuring out who from each era was getting over more and then rebuilding the show around them. Instead tonight we're getting TV promos for Gunter. Uh, Who? You wouldn't know him. He's from Germany. Um, Okay. But do they think that's going to turn things around? I mean, I just don't. I just don't understand. I don't. I don't get it, man. Yeah. Well, uh, Warner Media. So WWE officials aren't the only ones who are upset because AEW officials are also upset. Warner Media officials are furious about WWE's comments from last week about AEW being gory self-mutilation. Of course, Max Caster made a reference to that in a freestyle on Dynamite the other night. Warner Media officials uh, are saying that they saw WWE's quote as an attempt to uh, as an attempt at a personal attack against the company in an attempt to hurt their advertising sales. I think that personal attack thing is hilarious. This is I don't know what personal about it, but what do you guys feel about WWE's personal attack about AEW's blood and guts and uh, the ongoing back and forth, starting with you, Glenn? I mean, this is more entertaining than yes. a lot of what we see on TV. It's fun to watch uh, billion-dollar corporations get their feelings hurt and fight with each other. <laughs> right? I mean, look, the fact that warner even cares and i don't know just all this i mean we're we're, we have a good competition going i think it speaks back to the idea though it's like okay how do we have this great competition going with all this fire and people dissecting and talking about this stuff and wwe is not managing to capitalize on it whereas AEW, i think now that they're on tbs their ratings are poised uh for quite a pop it's a weird time I think I think WWE knows what they're doing with those comments. They're gonna go mm-hmm. after the advertising. I mean that that's that's probably if I'm a billionaire, yeah, we'll see that as a, as a personal attack because now you're hurting my pocket if some if some people don't want to advertise during my show. I I get where they're coming from, but I mean I like it. I like the street fights. I like all that, 
but it's not for everyone. As long as they don't do it too often, I don't think AEW should just be worried about it because they're not in the same business as WWE is. They 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 themselves say, oh, we're here for professional wrestling, this and that. They're sports entertainment. So you're not going to get the same advertisement that WWE gets because they are kid-friendly, where you go to an AEW show, you barely see any children there. And that's a fact. I've been to a lot, and it's a whole different audience than a WWE audience. So they should not be bothered by those comments in my opinion well and looking at the quality of advertisers i feel like there are higher profile more credible ads that i see during dynamite and rampage than i see uh during raw and smackdown now good on smackdown i am watching it like uh through the fox app tonight i got a nissan frontier ad served to me 20 times many times back to back to back um but on raw i mean when you're doing stuff for like lowest common denominator, prepaid wireless, car insurance, anti-smoking ads. Like that's not the cream of the advertising crop. And and I no, think no, Glenn. I think you're absolutely right. I think the cream of advertising is having a pizza ad while somebody's getting their forehead cut open yeah. with a pizza cutter. That is it's going all in placement. for your advertising. <laughs> that is just and that's one placement. instance that we saw where Domino's was not very happy with that Nick Gage match, not very happy with them being represented in that light. And it did hurt their advertising sales. And I think, you know, there's much being made about people bringing up receipts and, oh, what about the time, WB? The fact is, this is a very tactical maneuver. This is WWE realizing that one of the ways they do have an advantage over AEW is way more women watch WWE. They have a way bigger uh, yeah. share of women than AEW does. And whenever AEW does this blood and gut stuff, it completely turns off women. Almost to the second. They did the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa matches that is iconic and I loved it and a lot of people loved it. It turned off women. The Nick Gage match, women drove them away. And WWE, trust me, they realized this. And so they're just going to paint AEW as, even though, yeah, they don't do it all the time, but if you paint AEW as the blood and guts company, women are not going to want to watch it. And the ratings are not going to, you know, the advertisers are not going to be as prevalent. So they're specifically choosing this blood and guts thing because this is not the first time Vince McMahon has said this. And AEW being smart asses and saying, we're going to do a blood and guts pay-per-view, it's playing right into what WWE wants you to do. They want you to brand yourself as a blood and guts company so women can run for the hills. But WWE also does really well with women because they spent 10 years cultivating a total sure. franchise oh, yeah. and cultivating a female audience. I mean, AEW, it's gotten better, but it still ain't there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what AEW will need to do. Not because WWE did not spend the last 10 years having women cut each other's faces open. They spent the 10 years with Total Divas, the Bella Army. The Bellas don't get nearly as much credit for really helping to be a big draw for women. And uh, as long as they have that advantage, they're going to try to keep it as wide as possible, I think. No, it's true. Carellos uh, um, saying WWE should allow their talent to be able to work other promotions. It lowers the price of the contracts. The talent can be spread out throughout. I think in NXT, telling you, if NXT's ratings don't turn around, I think they are going to really change how they do business. I'm not even just talking about them outsourcing. I think it's going to be a different ball game if they can't figure out a way. You know, and yeah, if 500,000 people keep watching every week, they'll just give USA programming and they'll just do it at the rock bottom cost. Yeah. Right. So our final story, Mustafa Ali requested his release very publicly last week on Twitter. And it was recently reported that uh, Mustafa Ali will not be granted his release by WWE. He's got one year left on his contract and is not very happy with how he's been used. Of course, you can see it on TV, the whole retribution angle tanked. And they did this tag team with him and Mansoor that flamed out. 
And Mustafa Ali is so talented. I really recommend everybody follow him on Twitter because he's oh, one yeah. of my, quickly becoming one of my favorite followers because he's been spending a lot of his free time working out new moves. He did this reverse sharpshooter that, I mean, if he did that in a live arena at a WWE event, people go crazy for it. And he's so talented and he knows he's talented, but he's just not getting those opportunities. Um, had a heated argument with Vince McMahon uh, that uh, about an angle that Vince wanted him to do that reportedly led to this uh requesting the release and now it looks like he's stuck in WWE for another year Isa. I really hope they don't make him sit this out I I have this fear and I hope that's not what happens because we've seen them do that before they did it to Neville um, Neville left in, in somewhat of a non-happy situation and they just made him sit out for the remainder of his contract. Mustafa Ali is very, very talented, completely oh, yeah. underutilized. And you don't even have to get your creative team. Mustafa Ali is talented enough that you said, okay, what do you want to do? Hear him out because we've seen him create these promo videos, like everything on his on his Twitter he was doing during 205 Live. I know he could come up with a great storyline for his character. Uh, I just hope that it either works out or somebody just realizes that they are not meant for each other and just let him go because it's it's just not you're not using him. What why not let him go if that's what he wants? If you're realizing that he's talented, then prove it to him. Yeah. Just gotta craft that that right tweet, Ali. Just gotta send out that right tweet. Yeah. You get right Did you out see his it. tweet today? The picture of the Joker burning the money, which yeah. gave me the impression that maybe they offer him more money, and he was like, "That's not what uh, I'm after." That's that's what I got out of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, he needs to strategize. There's ways you can get yourself fired from WB now. So, all he needs just come up with something and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Not that so, I'm recommending that. I'm just you know I just want what's well, the best for Ali. Sure. I want him to be happy, and I know he'd be happy if he got released. So okay, maybe so it. somebody, so a, a random burner account is gonna slide in, in at least DMs tonight and say exactly the tweet that he needs to crack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's totally yeah. that. He's at totally not Alfred. That's the <laughs> uh, this <Yeah>. is dirty. <laughs> Carol is uh, with the super chat. They have plans for the Saudi show. Ali, maybe you could tweet some thoughts on the Saudi That's show. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> you know, as a Muslim man, you know what I'm saying? Like they'll get rid of yeah. you quick. You do that. But but if he does that, does that take back how proud he was that him and Mansoor were able to have a match in Saudi Arabia at the last pay-per-view? Because he tweeted a lot about how proud he was of that. Yeah. Not, he could baby face it though and talk about his love for the people, but his criticisms, I'm mean, this is just me putting words in his mouth, but his love for the people, but his criticisms of the government and WWE, uh, like kind of secondhandedly endorsing some of their actions by doing business with them. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. So I'm just no, spitballing absolutely. ideas. I but get like, it. I get it. Also, not at not Glenn Rubenstein is also going to slide. Uh, Twitter has here. a has a account name limit. That's why we are not Yellow Jackets Buzz on Twitter. We're Yellow Jackets uh, BZ. There, there's a length limit. Anyhow, uh, is that all for the news? That's your news, everybody. Oh, speaking of Yellow Jackets, you know one of the Bollywood boys played the bartender at the high school reunion in the season finale. Really? I gotta yeah. have to go. Back yes. And look at that. That's awesome. Yes, I did know that. I did know that. Yeah, I have to get him on for. I've also, I've also rewatched that episode way too many times. Way too yeah. many times. Make it some, some animated. Also, yeah. So Alfred, we're not going to talk about Bully Ray. I, I think you both owe me an apology. 
Just oh, we can talk about that. Uh, let's bring it up real quick. Boy Ray had some comments saying that he thought John Moxley should have apologized to AEW fans uh, during his promo this past Wednesday on Dynamite. A lot of people are pissed off, including Paige. Of course, Moxley's wife, Renee Paquette, tweeted that she didn't think that was a cool comment. McFoley was not in agreement. A lot of people coming from Bully Ray right now for uh, some very questionable comments about uh, John Moxley who struggled with alcoholism and is coming back after three months and just had this really great poignant promo about his demons. Uh, Bully Ray didn't think that was enough, thought he should have apologized. Does that uh, piss you off, Issa? Slightly, yes. Um, I, I feel like he started talking and he just kept digging himself deeper. I don't know that that's where he was trying to go with that, but that's where he ended. Because mm. he made it sound like, like, first of all, he said, that if he was him in that situation, he would have started the promo apologizing if he let them down. And I'm sitting here thinking, as a fan, I don't think Mox will let anybody down. I think everybody feels very proud of him for just being open about his demons and his issues and going to take care of himself. Um, you know, it's I didn't like the comment. I do think that he talked, he kept talking himself out of it and just ended up making it worse. But the way that he made it sound, it just sounds like everybody that needs time off should apologize. So I'm assuming Kenny Omega needs to apologize when he comes back. You know, everybody that's taking time off needs to apologize, basically. It's very, very weird. I think you can fantasy books and script a lot of things in professional wrestling, but you do not get to script somebody's uh explanations reasons and return from something that is so personal to them yeah you know i thought like, moxley's promo was great it's very strange very strange well tonight smackdown live from nashville that's music city and uh oh, we... SummerSlam. oh yeah wait really SummerSlam. yeah i might go out there it sounds like it'll be fun yeah, I think I'm going to make it out there, too. That should be a fun one. Very interesting. Uh, so we really opened tonight with setting up the main event and setting up a story for the main event, something so important for the main event, so many stakes for the main event, so many things that made perfect sense in the main event based on who won and who lost. And Alfred, do you think the ending of that main event was consistent with the story they were trying to tell? I do not. Um, I thought this was very, very, very poorly done and kind of deflating for a finish of a, of a match. The entire yeah. evening hinged on this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but, but if we're talking about just the opening segment, right? Let's all pretend we haven't seen how we, we didn't let it play out. Okay, we're seeing just this first 15 minutes of SmackDown. I thought they were solid. I like the celebration. I like the acknowledgement ceremony. The video package was great. We should all we should play that video package every week in honor of Roman Reigns. Then Seth Rollins interrupting and mentioning Mox on WWE yeah. television by the name Moxley, which I thought was you know brave of him. And then you had I personally popped when Kevin Owens came out and he said I like him. <laughs> Yeah, he Kevin screamed Owens. it. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Owens is such a gem because, you know, um, he kept saying nobody likes him. I thought Pat McAfee was excellent in this entire segment. Like, every time he interrupted, it was just to drop a gem. I, I, like, I like that they put a stipulation behind it because they don't do that often enough. I wish they would have come through with it and not ended in a DQ, but I like the fact that they give you something to keep watching the show for. So they set up tonight based on who won the match, the main event between the Usos 
versus Rollins and Owens that if Seth had lost, he was not going to get his title shot from Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns and, was going to go on a vacation to WrestleMania. So I would like to talk yes. to him about Puerto Rico. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one end of it. And the other end was that if the Usos lost, they were going to be barred from ringside, therefore making it a fully fair and even match without a chance of shenanigans. Right. So the ending of this show, like just mind bogglingly bogglingly like just stupid yes in terms of why would roman reigns cause a dq yeah. thus ensuring that rollins one gets his title shot and he cannot go visit you in puerto rico isa uh and two that the usos are going to be barred from ring this makes less than no sense punch one of your cousins punch one of your cousins bro then like yeah. it was dumb it was dumb it was why not just like distract the referee? Why did he go straight for the referee in terms of getting this qualification? Why not just distract or try some elaborate scheme to turn the match around? This didn't make any sense. And did didn't I... this recently happen to Seth Rollins? I'm sorry, Glenn. Didn't this happen to Seth Rollins in a storyline not too long ago where he couldn't get DQ'd and he got DQ'd? I know, I yeah. know what I to build you up know what the I'm day one pay per view. Yeah, to get added yes. to the day one pay per view, they were doing that a couple weeks in a row. Yes, and he like, yeah, the Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens got yeah. added, he made Seth Rollins attack him, so he won by DQ. Like, how many times are we gonna do this in in, in a, such a short period of time? I hate but it. I hate did it. I miss a backstage promo? Did somebody say to Roman, like, oh, good thing your cousins are going to beat him tonight. So, you know, you're not going to have to face him. And Roman's like, why do you think I'm afraid to facing him? I want to go on vacation. I'm like, I'm just saying it's a good thing you don't have to. And then he was like, I'll show you. Like, they could have explained this. Yeah, you I joke like that, but that's exactly what this needed. It, it, the yeah. fact that we went from that opening segment to this does feel like something got left out. Like, why the hell would Roman Reigns get himself disqualified, get his team disqualified based on what we've been told that is at stake for this match? And he could have caused a DQ to the Usos and punched the one cousin that accepted the challenge because they did this, like, he gave him the dirtiest look when the Uso. I'm sorry, I, I still can't tell them apart. But when the one also <laughs> accepted the challenge, he gave him like the dirtiest look, like, why are you accepting my challenges? You know, so the story was there. I like Glenn's version better, where he's just like, yeah. oh, you, you're too scared to face him. Regardless, when we got to the main event, he made zero sense what went down. And he, I didn't like it because like the only thing that you have going that looks good and strong is Roman, and you completely just didn't make him look like the smartest guy out there today. And the main event was really good. That was a really good match that I would have really liked to have seen a winner on that match. Um, and Rollins, if he's going to face Roman, who we all assume he's probably not beating, Rollins getting a decisive win would have helped his credibility going into that. It was just like very puzzling storytelling. Also, I had this, I had this thought, and I can't believe it's been like five years, right? that the Usos have been coming out to down since day one-ish. I always thought they meant it like day one-ish, like around day one, but do they mean it like in the 90s R&B hip-hop way when it's really like shit reversed, like mm -hmm. down since day one shit, yeah. or do they mean down since like around day one? It's double entendre. It's like a blackish, like the show Blackish. It's like oh, black. I hadn't even thought of that. And then also eh, on the spectrum of blackness because they're in the suburbs or whatnot. So it's both kind of playing with that word. That's a great question, Glenn. But that, yeah, it's, it's like a double entendre.
and the fashion, bars, the fashion police with my day one uh, may your day one bh has always you know yeah. <laughs> that has always stuck with me God, I oh, miss those guys oh i miss that like why why did they get dropped like they yeah. they could be saving nxt right now i want to see the fashion police versus tony d'angelo <laughs> handicap match uh carlos um freaking fighters owens and seth raw for a tag team also freaking if you're afraid that freaking sounds too much like fucking freaking sounds way more like the f word than freaking does yeah the eek really sets it apart yeah freaking is i think very acceptable freaking fricks like i don't know i would have gotten in trouble if i would have said freaking as a kid like that would have been like oh it's too close yeah writing it too far up there yeah yeah uh, and then the question, do you think Rollins wins clean at the Rumble? Matthew Tech, Canadian God, $2. No. Okay, I don't think he wins clean. I'm a little nervous. Actually, I'm pretty nervous he's going to win. And if he does, it'll be by outside interference. Because now Roman doesn't have outside interference. So that gives Seth Rollins the opportunity to maybe Kevin Owens comes in. Maybe Mox comes in. He got a couple of shout-outs tonight. What do you think about that? Maybe Mox comes in and saves Seth Rollins and we get a Shield reboot. But no, I do expect. Oh, Fred, stop to it! Get some no. help. Two Mox <laughs> references tonight, and they called him Mox. They didn't call him Dean Ambrose. They called For, him Mox twice. Given what's happening with Mickey James and my new started as a joke now conspiracy theory about them having a relationship with Impact, I think Braun Strowman comes back looking super jacked, interferes, and gets in another feud with uh, Roman. Wow, that could be interesting. But I mean, no. isn't that early, too early to do that now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if now would be the time to do that. <laughs> so um, here, I know Alfred is sharing his bad feelings. What I have <laughs> a feeling is going to happen is that whether Roman or Brock, if one of them drops the title at the Rumble, that person is entering the Rumble and winning it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. 1,000%. If you see a title change hands, whether it's Brock or Roman, then, then you already know who's going to win the Rumble. If Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble, say that five times fast. Please come um, in at 30 and troll again. It's such a disappointing ending. Like when Brock won, it was, you know, I just, I just don't. Disappointing ending? Because I don't know about. People... For if Roman Reigns entered the Rumbles and wins, that's a happy ending for me, Glenn. Roman should be in the main event of WrestleMania anyhow. Like you don't need to tell you don't need to give away that opportunity. It's like why not have him win the money in the bank briefcase? Oh, and give it to who then? Johnny Knoxville? Please. Then you might as well have Roman win. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville is more over than almost everyone else on that roster. That's what I'm saying, man. Listen, people want to call me crazy. I've been saying this for weeks now. You name me one person on television. If you're going into WWE programming clean and you don't watch the week to week storylines, you name me one person. Who is being pushed to win the Royal Rumble more than Johnny Knoxville? Who's cut a promo? Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. He's in the cover of the game. He pushed his son over the top rope. I gotta tell you something, Alfred. I am one of the people calling you crazy. And then tonight, I opened the WWE shop, and the first face I see is Johnny Knoxville, and I'm like, yeah, damn it, he's gonna, he's gonna mess around and win the whole thing. Alfred is right. I'm gonna have to freaking buy him a drink or something <laughs> this is like glenn likes to say like you make these crazy predictions you throw something against the wall and you know nobody will remember if you're wrong but if you're right you look like a genius i'm starting to feel more and more like i might be made to look like a genius with this crazy 
crazy prediction because this guy you even made a, you even made a YouTube channel, you, a YouTube video. You put this in I history did. just in case you're right. Yes, uh, YouTube YouTube pro wrestling bits. I have a piece about all the reasons I think Johnny Moxville might mess around and win the Royal Rumble. Get ready it's, for the apocalypse, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the worst idea. <laughs> you're right. He's over. I mean, that that opening riff of Jackass is so iconic, and it's such a perfect pro wrestling theme because you know pro, the best themes have that opening thing that gets you into it, and that that banjo. Everybody popped for that in Nashville. Uh, Carroyos saying, and I feel like I pronounce his name different every time. I apologize. I'm tired. Uh, saying Damian Priest for Royal Rumble winner. He drops the U.S. title. No. Criollos is how I like to call him. Oh, What's going to happen <laughs> is Damian Priest is going to win the Rumble, win a second belt, and he's going to defend one as Damian and the other one as Priest. You know, one as a baby face, one as a heel. That's my theory for Damian Priest. If Alfred wants to make crazy theories, it's my <laughs> turn now. <laughs> you see, you should get to pronounce every name. I see, I always just feel so Anglo. Like the other day when we were talking to Alexa... <laughs> Barajas and you like I just I can't hit it as hard because it reminds me of like when Obama would always say like Nicaragua and he would really lean into it you know Nicaragua yeah. yeah and it was just like it just feels like like I'm putting on Wait, an you're, you're asking the person whose English is a second language to pronounce oh, things see? in the podcast you are tired <laughs> buddy no see I think that's great I think that's, I want to go I just want I just want everyone to know I want to go full bore with it but I feel like <laughs> it, it just it, I don't I'm not quite comfortable with it. I don't feel it comes across correctly. Did you know? you know that I learned how to curse in English because of Marshall Mathers Eminem yeah. and listening That's to awesome. his amazing music? My favorite rapper Eminem. That uh Super Bowl, he steals the show in that Super Oh Bowl yeah, that trailer is amazing. I can't wait. Yeah. He's so good in that. Um so because I refuse to acknowledge that this character in these segments exist, I'm just going to say that Kofi Kingston tonight was joined by Biggie. Yeah. And uh, Kofi beat Mad Cat Moss. Can we talk about, I'm sorry, Alfred, but can we talk no. about Michael Cole trying to justify why were there so many people from Raw on SmackDown tonight? Like, like Michael Cole, it's Friday, we're drinking. You don't have to try to justify that you guys don't know what the hell you're doing out there. Like, we get it. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> because apparently it's Royal Rumble season, now they're allowed on a different brand. Yeah. What? What are the rules? <laughs> Somebody needs to write the rules for when people are allowed on each other's shows. I think that we need someone to come out and promo and say the the rules are there are no rules, which we don't hear enough. In. Growing up, we used to hear that a lot. We don't hear that so much anymore. Well, I mean, they do have a built-in excuse for that quarterly brand brand invitational. They could have just said that. That's worse. That's actually worse. <laughs> I forgot about that, Alfred. Thanks. <laughs> Wild card rule. That was another one. Yeah, I mean, are we are we like concerned for Biggie? I did you know? Okay, I've got flashbacks of when Kofi dropped the title and he just went right back to the new day, and mm -hmm. nobody really cared about the fact that he was a former WWE champion. When I saw him walk out with Kofi today, I felt that like, okay, we're just gonna be the happy new day again, and we're gonna forget that you just had a title reign. That's, I mean, if there's a term for it, I call it being Kofi'd. Like, Big E is being Kofi'd, just like Bianca Belair got Kofi'd, just like Kofi Kingston got Kofi'd. Funny how it always seems to happen to one type of person, but I'm keeping a very close watch on Big E, and I, I want to see him back in that world title picture sooner rather than later. He should be, at minimum, Final Four Royal Rumble. Can we not turn it into a verb? Like, I know, it sucks. 
It does. Do you do you think that Bobby Lashley beats Brock? He might. I really like your what you said about the loser winning the World Rumble. When I would much rather have the scenario of Bobby Lashley beating Big E, and then Brock. I mean, Bobby Lashley being Brock Lesnar, and then Brock Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. It's been a long time. Yeah, since Brock has because won the Royal then Rumble. that. Yeah, and that puts you back on the route that you were originally with before yes. you took this weird detour at day one, which is Roman and Brock again. Yes. Because I would assume that Brock would go right back to Roman. He's still going to call out Bobby Lashley. Um, so I, I, I don't want Brock to lose. You know how much I love Brock Lesnar, but I feel like that will make more sense than Roman dropping the Universal title. Me too. I would have no problem with that. And I'm very much looking forward to Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. See, WWE does this better than anybody in the world in terms of making these video packages. Even the though video package on Monday. Yes, yes, Monday's video package was out of this world. It was WrestleMania caliber good between Brock it and It was Bobby the Lashley. best thing on the whole show. I was telling yes. people, I'm like, go watch the freaking video package. Like, And maybe it's because I've been waiting for this match for, what, 20 years, like Bobby Lashley said. Like, yeah. this is a match I've been wanting to see for a long time. And I feel like they are finally taking into consideration that there's a lot of people wanting to see this match, and they did such an excellent job at hyping it up. I know we never yes. talk Raw, and we're lucky that we don't have to watch it, but I love that video package. Absolutely. It's very amazing. Uh, Carus saying wild card riddle wins the Royal Rumble. Bro. Uh, that'd be interesting. I don't know if that's happening. That's, uh, and, then he calls out, and then he calls out Brock Lesnar. You know, <laughs> Long term booking. <laughs> Get that backstage storyline in front of the camera. It could happen. It could happen. Really, Riddle and Goldberg. That should be Goldberg's last contracted match. <laughs> I, I like to see that, too. Uh, yeah. I don't think Goldberg's a fan of the idea, but <laughs> could be good. Uh, Aaliyah versus Natalia tonight with Aaliyah winning by DQ. Yeah. And then Zia Lee, the protector, comes out and um, the overlay graphics don't look quite as cool when they're not perfectly synced up to the hand movements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a Excellent observation, Glenn. Because the first time, it was one of the best, it was one of the high points of SmackDown all last year. Tonight, it was a little like, ooh, okay, this is just a little, it's a little to the left. Just, just a little yeah. off. And where the hell has she been since? This, this very sporadic usage. Protecting. Kind of say protecting. The same thing. She's, yeah. I was going to say. She's protecting. Doing vigilante shit. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. You potential don't, you don't there. Is there? Is there? Is there, Alfred? No, I, I do, do you think, think so. Okay, let me ask you. No, no, no. Let me ask you something. Is Aaliyah related to the landlord? <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was on Aaliyah's side tonight. I thought she was coming out yeah, to protect is. her. <laughs> maybe Natalia. Maybe the Hart family had some real estate holdings. They don't have um, they don't have that detail. Did any of them ever wrestle in like? Yeah, you're right, you're right. But I'm just saying, somebody we need to get back to this landlord storyline. That's I like that. (laughs) Oh fuck! Um, (laughs) I knew I knew that was gonna pop good when I brought that back up. (laughs) And this this was okay. I like seeing Biggie and Kofi, and then we went to oh. Feud of the year so far. I know the year's young, but feud of the year is Los Lotharios versus the Viking Raiders. I mean, oh, man. come on. 
one of these four men might win the Royal Rumble. No, please stop. <laughs> we stop. Give Your picks for Royal Rumble. I cannot wait to do our <laughs> predictions next Friday because I don't know what you're going to throw out there. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll have fun with that. Is anyone in the chat, is anyone in the world a fan of Los Lotharios? In English, that's uh, the Lotharios. Uh, or the Viking Wow, what a translation. <laughs> I just think it's very important to, to let people know what it means. Uh, or the Viking Raiders. Like, does anyone tune into this show? Better yet, does anyone tune into the show and be like, Mad Cat Moss is my dude. And uh, he just, I bust a gut every time <laughs> listening to him. Like, I think, here's here's my take on on professional wrestling. You know, every comic book that somebody's somebody buys is somebody's first comic oh, book God. <laughs> that they're buying. Every episode of Raw or SmackDown is somebody's first exposure to watching wrestling. In fact, when you're flipping channels, you might even say that this match tonight was somebody's first wrestling match that they ever saw. And I think it's important to just look at, like, what's, what's the appeal? What are we seeing? Because in the Attitude Era, I loved Scotty Too Hotty and Albert. Yeah. They were probably my favorite act on the show. Granted, it was for like a week. But the worm was over, man. Yeah, you very know? strong mid card. The New Age Outlaws too. And that's what I'm saying. You need to look at everyone on your roster and just say, is this somebody's favorite act? Is this somebody tuning in for this? Is this somebody's top three? Like, oh my god, if I don't see the Viking Raiders tonight, well then, why even bother watching SmackDown? And this yes, is not an, an their parent. This is. Maybe. Okay. So <laughs> maybe. Okay. And this is not an indictment, by the way, against Madcap Moss or the Viking Raiders or Los Lotharios. This isn't their fault. They are talented performers. They are gifted athletes in the ring. They've spent a lot of time working on their craft, on their physique, on their technique, but creative has not met them halfway across the sky as Kenny Loggins would sing. He, they have not come to give them something to enhance what yeah. they've done for themselves. And right. on, on behalf of like all of the professional wrestling community, I want to apologize to these performers for the shortcomings that WWE has had in providing them with worthwhile, meaningful moments on television. That was beautiful. It really was. Because, I mean, these are very talented individuals. The Viking Raiders, particularly outside of WWE as War Machine. I mean, it, even when they went to NXT, uh, they were very, very over. And they did a great job showcasing these two very athletic big men. And then Los Lotharios, particularly Angel Garza, when he was NXT, he was amazing. Where he had the gimmick where he ripped his pants off. And he was such a good heel. Had an incredible match with Leo Rush when they were in NXT. And they really made the most of him. And now, yeah, it's just a morass in the way creative treats them. It's uh, really unfortunate. And he was hanging with the Bachelorette for a while. Yeah. Yeah, they were doing something with him early on in the roster. Those were the pandemic days. I remember that. She was never the Bachelorette. She was just part of the cast of the Bachelor. Oh, really? Not even the Bachelorette. We couldn't even get the title character from <laughs> an installment of the Bachelor franchise. We had to get a contestant from the Bachelor. Not as impressive. Wow. And, and, and Issa, what did you say when, I first, when we first started talking? What, what do you call... Uh, uh, oh, they're Menudo rejects. Menudo rejects. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. Couldn't even get in like the 90, early 90s era, Menudo. Uh. Couldn't, even get in, couldn't even get an MDO when they did the name change. Nope. MDO. Oh, my God. Please don't talk about it. No. <laughs> 
That was some Vince McMahon shit that the manager of Menudo sold the rights to the name Menudo and then just announced to the fans and got a new group and said, now we're known as MDO. And to the people that bought the rights, have fun with the name Menudo. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Kairos, uh saying, I would prefer Lashley loses to Brock, then enters Royal Rumble and wins it, then goes against Roman. What a dream match. We've seen it. We've seen it. And I remember Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns had a great match that Lashley won. Yeah. Stella Justin Lopez, 499. Finished binging, o- binging Ozark at 8.30, Glenn. Instead of turning to SmackDown, I just said, F it, let me rewatch certain episodes again. Wow. I hear good things about Ozark. I hear if you like Succession, you'll like Ozark. Oh, um, well, have you watched Yellow Jacket, Stella Justin Lopez? Come on. Just, Justin has. Justin's uh, part of the hive on Twitter. Oh, he, didn't, he told me he didn't like Misty, which I was like, <gasps> wow. Wow. I know, How dare I know. you, Justin? I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Exposed. Totally exposed. Stellar Justin Lopez right here, right now. Ozark is a show for people that thought Breaking Bad was too upbeat. Oh, really? Yeah. That dark, oh, great. Huh? Then I might <laughs> like it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, it's very good, but it is a dark show. Uh, I don't even know what... Uh, Monkey Armada is saying, but Island's in the stream. Yes. I just agree with Angel. You know, for the longest time as a child, I thought Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers were married. Oh, really? Oh, I could see that. That was my headcanon, you know? Just what I just what I grew up believing, and I make no apologies for I it. thought Sonny and Cher were brother and sister. That's a more interesting take. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, oh, we saw Summer Rae tonight. That was yeah, nice to see her on TV. Remember when she slapped Natty on Total Divas? Yeah, that was so fake. That was such a classic moment. <laughs> and we had a WWE Hall of Famer in the audience tonight. Cool. You Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. Oh. Kid Rock. What an opening. Fresh <laughs> off his Kid Rock. Fresh off his Kid Rock parody video that he released like six weeks ago. Um, <laughs> uh, man, like he was he ever cool like i was into devil without a cause i liked his early hip-hop stuff yeah. he was he i mean people act like him and limp biscuit weren't they like for the oh yeah it's so dumb it's let so me tell you something when they were on and in their primes in what was it early 2000s they yes. were like some of the hottest things in music i love kid rocks on cowboy only yeah. god knows why he got so deep in that song come on give the man a- i mean after that he wasn't all that cool but devil without a cause you know you have a couple of those songs on your playlist i do lip biscuits break stuff one of the greatest workout yeah. songs of all time <laughs> i concur like it it's just it's it's art but no and rest in peace to joe c uh speaking of kid rock uh but yeah it was he was in the audience tonight they didn't do a segment with him he was just there just hanging out in nashville yeah that was weird they just showed him and i'm like okay so they're doing something with chris kid rock nope he's just chilling yeah um so before i ever heard the kid rock cheryl crow duet picture i had a friend who described the song to me in detail described the plot of the song picture to me and then she like gave me the twist at the end like you know (laughs) like then at the end they look at the picture and they decide to get back together but she like described it beat by beat like this was the most moving story she had heard in ages and just needed to tell me about it she could have just played because of the song. music video. Back then, music videos were cool, you know? Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, so the Viking Raiders won that match. Then Charlotte Flair versus Naomi. But wouldn't you know it? Sonya Deville found a way to uh, pull some shenanigans, acting as the ref during the match. Naomi would have won. You know how you refuse to cover the Mad Cat Moss segments? I'm getting to that point with these. You know what? Okay, I'm, my take on this, I'm done with this storyline. I do not want to talk about this until they do whatever, until Naomi gets her win, because this is ridiculous. They've really lost the plot with this. Naomi has been made to look like a fool. This is exactly what we were talking about would just happen anyway. That's why I was so disappointed that they booked Naomi to be all happy she was getting this rematch, as if you didn't think, fool me once, fool me twice. What about fool me 27 times, Naomi? Like, this is horrible what they're doing. They had something going early in the storyline where they really could have leaned into the racial overtones of the storyline they were doing. But now it's just completely gone. And uh, I just, I don't, I have no words for this storyline. I have no more words for this view. And so it's a our, repeat. They did the same thing with Shayna Baszler, where she made yeah. her face Shayna Baszler and then she was the referee. Like, what are we doing here? So here's my question. Are they doing this match next Friday so Naomi can be in the Rumble on Saturday? That, I mean, that should have been... The, if they were telling a story, the stakes should have been if you beat Sonya Deville or beat somebody, you get in the Rumble, and then Sonya screws her out of the Rumble or whatever. But I don't know why they're doing this match. WWE is not explaining that. And they're just... It's just very unrealistic. Let me tell you something right now. Not to speak for all black women. 99% of the black women in my life would have been quit. So to see this, it's just... I already know this is fake. They've got black women writers in WWE who might be rolling their eyes about what's going on over here. They really need to kind of amp up the storytelling here because I don't like it. I liked it at first. You remember how excited I was early on when they were doing the Karen thing, but now it's just another dumb WWE storyline. Yeah, and I personally see them doing this on Friday. I feel like the Royal Rumble, if you want to give Seth and Roman and Brock and Lashley some time with the Rumbles and you have Becky match as well, you already got a couple too many matches there. You don't want it to be too long because these Rumble matches go on for a while. They do. I don't know. To me, this should be a big pay-per-view match, but are they going to do some shenanigans Friday to move it to Saturday and then maybe they're both in the rumble together and then they delay the inevitable. But like I said, I want two hours. I want two hours of Naomi just going like, not just in the ring, just verbally. <laughs> like we get a real segment. We get. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they bring in Steve Carell as Michael Scott to give Sony Deville some sensitivity training. Perhaps there's a lot they could do with this. NBC, NBC Universal tie-in. You think NBC Universal would work with uh, Fox to produce Michael Scott? I don't know. These two networks don't really like each other. Hey, if it's on Peacock, you know, it's <laughs> special. No, um, I, yeah, I don't want to say I'm overcaring about this because I'm ride or die for Naomi, and I want to see her come out of this and get some momentum into something truly worthy of her talent. But man, they're making it. They're making it hard. Yes. Like, this did not need to be a Lord of the Rings length saga yeah, to get to really. this point. It's been a bit much. Uh, so, after that, where clearly Naomi should have won, but she didn't even tap, and then Sonya called it for Charlotte. Uh, we saw backstage, though, Sonya would set up the match, and we saw Adam Pearson. Eric Bischoff, host of the popular podcast 82 Weeks, according to Pat McAfee. Um, 
basically say like i don't know what your problem is with her but next you know we're gonna get to talk to the management and settle this it's this makes adam pierce look like a dipshit when he's yeah. like i don't know what your problem is with her you know yeah, yeah. And, and they're supposed to be authority figures yeah very weird segment and again we're just back on the rabbit hole where it's another match just suspend her if she's t- if she's been abusing her powers for seven months suspend her or something why, why, why exactly. are you going to trust her to not weasel her way out of this situation? Everybody, probably except for Sonya Deville, everybody in the storyline looks like an idiot. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, Sonya should get demoted and have to like work in catering or something. And then like Naomi should file a lawsuit and they should like garnish her wages. Like there's a lot of places the story could go and they're they're just keeping it in like first gear for the better part of my 40s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Feels uh, that way. It does feel that way. Um, Seth and Kevin. So did I miss something on Raw that the, these two are buds now, or was this a new yeah, development? Yeah, best friends. Tonight? Yeah, best they're pretty much a stable now. I mean, they've been – I thought this thing was going to blow up at day one, but clearly they're going to – I think they're going to probably be WrestleMania opponents. Oh, okay. Or tag team partners. Possibly, yeah. <sighs> I what just can't wait say? for the turn. I can't wait for the turn. As soon as Kevin Owens called said my best friend, I was like, oh, I cannot wait for the turn. I got Jericho and KO flashbacks right away. <laughs> okay, so this tonight, props to the Sami Zayn segment. Yes. Of Zane. But this was like, holy shit. This was kind of a deep cut. Like, I mean, this history tonight, they didn't go into all the details, but it is absolutely true. Before Jackass even existed, Johnny Knoxville did a video where I believe he pepper sprayed himself. He uh, used a taser. And I think he wore a bulletproof vest and like shot himself with like a nine or something. Um, And he did this for Big Brother magazine, pre-Jackass. And that videotape becoming early viral, like in the late 90s is what helped start Jackass. They did show the segment, I believe, on the first episode of Jackass Mm -hmm. or a recreation of it. So for Sami Zayn to come out tonight and be like, I'm going to do what made Johnny Knoxville famous, there was more reverence to the history and continuity of Jackass tonight than WWE has given to their own programming (laughs) on any given week. I mean, if he's going to win the Rumble, we need to be familiar with who our Royal Rumble winner is. You got to tell the story. You got to build these characters. They're giving him a good push. He got a nice pop. He got that sequence he was in. Got to throw him over the top ropes. Keep playing. You keep playing with Johnny Knoxville. This man's winning the Royal Rumble. This was great tonight. This was absolutely great. And, um, yeah, so Johnny Knoxville coming out and making it that Sammy hadn't gimmicked everything, but he didn't turn it on and then actually using the cattle prod on him. Uh, good turn of events. Talk- <laughs> Sammy said, I was afraid when they made the comment of like, oh, my God, did he like poop his pants? I was like, oh, please don't go there. <laughs> um, but Sammy, Sammy making the noises like uh, the woman who slipped in the grape stomping segment. Like Sammy, like sounding like a soul was coming out of his body. That's how much pain he was in. And then getting tossed over the top rope. Um, I'm just gonna put this out there. I won't like I Johnny Knoxville is not my pick to win the Rumble, but I will not be upset if that happens. And I will certainly not be upset if Johnny gets a one-on-one match versus Sammy Zayn at WrestleMania. I don't know if I'm going to be on the Royal Rumble podcast, but if Johnny Knoxville wins, I'm going to be on the podcast. <laughs> Whether or not I'm scheduled, I'm going to be on that podcast. And let me ask you guys something. Let me just, here's another case for Johnny Knoxville winning. Do you think that Vince McMahon 
has decided who's going to win the Royal Rumble. No. Like eight no. days out. No, no. He's, and even if he has or thinks he has, this man is notorious for changing his mind at the last minute. We're one week out for the Royal Rumble. Who's to say that he's not watching that same? Like, God damn, look at that reaction for Johnny Knoxville. And yeah. this is like, see, we're in the senile era of Vince McMahon. This, <laughs> could be, this could set the stage for Vince McMahon putting the Royal Rumble on Johnny Knoxville. Think that I'm playing. Not no, that we're uh, laughing at senility or dementia, no, but no, no, no. But Vince is, is that is what it, we are in right Vince now. is in that Logan Roy stage of like maybe not entirely playing right. with his full mental faculties. Still wily. Like the thing about the gory mutilation, I think, is a very wily tactic at going after AEW. Just creatively, it's 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 ridiculous. Then you get like a senile Vince. I think I think Bad Bunny comes back and eliminates Johnny Knoxville because he's the greatest celebrity guest they ever had. So oh, he's not going to let Knoxville steal his, his thunder. <laughs> we shall see. This was a good segment, though. And then followed by Sheamus versus Ricochet. And Ridge Holland is back. Alfred, are you excited? I could not wait. I, I didn't know what to do with myself in my life when Ridge Holland was gone. And now that he's back and his nose is healed, my life is back to being great. No, wow. I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't we doing more with you? Say poor Ricochet. I say poor Seamus. Like him having these matches with Ricochet every week where he could be a contender for Shinsuke or Roman. But you just have him stuck in this weird storyline that nobody cares about fighting over a nose. Stop. Seamus <laughs> could. Sheamus could totally be having amazing matches with your intercontinental champion right now, who's backstage just hanging out with the title still around his waist that he has not defended. I'm just saying, do more with Sheamus, do more with Ricochet, and welcome back. What's his name again? (laughs) You know what? You're kidding. I was writing, uh, doing the write-up for this, and I literally forgot his name. I know they said it, but I was trying to remember it, and I had to go back and Google broken nose Ricochet, and I was like, oh, that's right. Rich Holland, that's the guy's name. (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> we had a lot of who is that tonight? Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was some good stuff on the show tonight. That's it the was. crazy thing. I think that the lower points just kind of flew by. I mean, whatever. But then this ending, this main event, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins versus the Usos. They got plenty of time. They put on a great match. There were great stakes in the match, even though, you know, Rollins is facing Reigns or else you got no Royal Rumble uh, SmackDown championship match. Great stakes, credible story. And then Roman is just like, I'm going to come in and like take a swing at Seth and cause a DQ, which means that I'm going to disagree. Not only is the match definitely happening and I have to defend my championship, but the Usos are barred from ringside. This makes zero sense. Zero sense, but if we divide it in, in order, the match up until a certain point was insane good. It was a great I was match. enjoying it. I was mm-hmm. enjoying it. And there was moments in which I thought either one of these teams could win clean and I would be happy with the result because they were just leaving it all out there. I didn't think the ending makes sense. I didn't think you did Roman any favors with this ending. I wish they would have done what Glenn said and call him out for being scared to face Rollins. And that's why he did it because you just work so hard to make Roman larger than life. And it just takes stupid little mistakes like this to just kind of like start devaluing him as a champion a little bit. 
Yeah. Completely agreed. Loved the main event. Hated the finish. And I think it <laughs> left a sour taste in my mouth about this whole show after that. Yeah. And especially because as we're talking about this, it would have been so simple to make Roman's downfall, his ego and yeah. saying like, well, I have to have this match or people are going to think that I'm coasting. You know, they could have been like, look what's happening over on raw. They're not talking about taking, skipping a pay-per-view and taking time off. Like, Oh, I guess you're, you know, must, must be really easy being the tribal chief. <laughs> you know, right. they could have done anything to get inside his head. And instead we just kind of got, Nope. Roman interferes. Yeah. And that would have been so complex. That's all it would have taken is an extra 15 second segment, just like you're saying, would have been such a complex nuance to this story. Like, wow, this guy is such a Simone badass. He doesn't even want people thinking that he's like, he's had that title for 500 days, just celebrated his record setting at rain. He doesn't even want people thinking that he's slipping. So he's going to come in there and he's going to disqualify his cousins just so he can show everybody who's still the tribal chief. It's I would love that story. Kind of like the end of Three O'Clock High. Have you seen Three O'Clock High? No, actually, it sounds oh. familiar. Who's in it? Casey Shamasco and uh, Richard Tyson. Oh, it's no, about no. like a bully, new school editor of the paper, like talks to him, screws up. The kid has a rap and says, three o'clock, you and me in the parking lot, we're going to fight. The entire movie is yeah. this kid's day while it's building oh, up to the fight. People are taking on. Oh, I think I've seen it. I Definitely see it. I've seen that. Yeah, One of the yeah, best 80s movie. movies. So at the end, Jerry Mitchell like says, you know, don't beat me up. I'm going to pay you off. Don't yeah. beat me up. And the bully is then like, can't believe you're such a coward. Like you didn't even make an effort. You didn't even make an opportunity. Someone could have given Roman like a little bit of a spiel like that. Well, like, well, the Usos are clearly going to whoop their ass tonight. Like, but I can't believe you're just going to coast, man. You know, Roman be like, screw that. I'm fighting. You know, it could have been sort of that once he realized he didn't have to do it, then he realized he had to do it. Now that I think about yeah. it, was Fist Fight based on that movie? The movie Fist Fight, Fist with Fight Ice absolutely was based on that movie. It was like, yeah, I really borrowed from that, right? Heavily borrowed from yeah, that. Yeah. Also a very surprisingly enjoyable movie. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I was going to say, remember when um, Adam Pierce picked Rollins was because Roman is so confident that he said, pick whoever, I don't care. So you could have played on that as well, where it's just like, oh, I, you said pick whoever, I pick someone, and now you don't want to fight them. Like, there were so many ways we could have gone about this. Yeah. And also what I mentioned earlier, the fact that you recently did the exact same finish you know, to add somebody to a match or for this, for a similar stipulation. It's just like this DQs are just happening too often and, and make no sense to a story. So Sokoa could have showed up and interfered and there said, there's no bloodline without me. You know? <laughs> yeah. We're maybe a few months away from that, but you know, anything, <laughs> anything else would have made sense. Nobody else had a score to settle. Nobody had a reason to interfere. It, it, like and it's you know what it's it's worse it's worse that they did this after a really great match yeah i agree also seth rollins mentioned earlier on the show not a lot of people like me so you basically could have had anybody that rollins with in the past come out and punch him oh we can't forget roman reigns's fire line about when he said did john cena write that promo for you with all those excuses oh, those people that. went wow for that I love that. I love that. I love when Rollins said to him, what are you going to say next? Believe that. <laughs> yeah, they're getting after each other. They have such history that it makes it. I have enjoyed their back and forths. Very natural think, chemistry. Yeah. yeah, it's a little unfair for Brock and 
Bobby Lashley because he feels so one-sided. I was kind of glad that they did a video package this week instead of having them interact again because I want to believe that Bobby Lashley has a chance, but Brock right now is so up here that... no Is that somebody in your waiting room knocking on your door? No, no, something my light just uh, fell down. Oh, okay. Just no, making sure. Like, they're on the couch. Okay. <laughs> so wait in the chat. Uh, they're on the couch, okay? That's all you need to know. <laughs> This waiting room thing's taking on a life of its own. I love people. It's not we're working, gonna, gentlemen. We're never gonna let it go. We're never gonna let it go. I know, but people have been reaching out to me on Twitter, and I love it. I love it. That's it. If I ever had a talking segment in WWE, it'd be the waiting room with Alfred Kenilworth. Uh, so let's talk about Rampage. What a difference a live show makes tonight. Ah. Uh. No spoilers about how the matches are going to end. Yes. Definitely more excited going into watching Rampage tonight than I've been in a long time. What a difference tonight uh, with this show and opening up hot with John Moxley versus Ethan Page. Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I thought they might have given too much to Ethan Page. I was surprised with how much offense he got because he took a lot of this match, and the crowd was really into Moxley. Uh, so I, I thought Moxley looked good. He obviously leaned down and in the ring physically. I thought he looked just fine. I was just worried knowing that he's coming back from this very serious issue, and then he was scheduled for GCW, which they do not play around in GCW, especially as their champion, and you know, it was probably going to be a death match. Uh, but seeing what I saw tonight, I was encouraged. I thought John Moxley looked good. I thought Ethan Page looked really good. I think he's very underrated. And this is a good opener. Yeah, I love the match. I love seeing Moxley come out and the intensity still there. Like, it doesn't seem like he's missed a beat. I did think the match went on maybe a little too long, but I did understand why they gave Ethan Page maybe a little bit more offense. They're trying to build him and Scorpio Sky up. You're fighting a guy that supposedly hasn't been around for three months, so you don't expect Mox to just come in and squash him. And I had a feeling this match was going to go the distance because I was expecting the last two matches to be squashes or close to a squash match. So I figured the opener was going to go on long. But I mean, as good as the match was, and it was so much fun, what we need to talk about was the stare down after the match because I utterly scream when Brian was waiting for Mox. Yes, I want to see it. I want to see it. Give it to me right now. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great return for Mox. I think with Brian, it's going to be amazing. Um, When's the last time these guys faced each other? Years ago in WWE. In fact, I don't even know if they... Oh, they did. Because when The Shield was feuding with Team Hell, no. I think they had a couple of matches, actually. Wow. I sent yeah. out a tweet, which was picking up Steam, which was a picture of Brian teamed up with the Usos against The Shield. And I was like, it's incredible that all of these guys are in storylines with each other right now. On different <laughs> companies, different atmosphere, but all six guys are feuding with each other somewhat. I thought it was it's a small world. It's a great tweet. Yeah, this was a really good match. Uh, really, really strong start to the show. And I love that it wasn't, I mean, we, look, we knew Mox was going to win, but it was just so nice watching something fresh. Yeah. This was followed by Nick Jackson versus Trent Beretta. And so we had Matt Jackson and Brandon Cutler ringside with Nick, Orange Cassidy with Trent. Nisa, um, how is this faction feud holding up for you? It's not. 
I feel like these guys have been all fighting each other in a different version of their faction for, I don't know, what seems like months now. And yeah. I mean, because their factions are so big, they keep figuring out new ways to make it a one-on-one or a 15 on 15 or or mixed tag or whatever, but it is still the same people in the same feuds. And I'm, I'm a little bit over it. It was a lot of fun in the ring. And, and they tend to do that. It's just distracting because there's always so many people and so many distractions from the outside when they're fighting each other. But it was it was a fun match. Yeah, this is the most WWE-style feud in AEW right now. Alfred, what did you think of this? Yeah, yeah, I'm with Issa in that this feud has really captured me. It very much feels like a holdover. I think there's a lot of talented components to this feud that are kind of being wasted just having to go back and forth. And what's really hurt is that the best friends have been dominated. And that was even brought up in a promo by Rocky Romero uh, this past Wednesday. So I had a feeling that Trent was going to win. I will say I love the hell out of this match. And I don't think I've seen a match that was so sparked by near falls in how, mm. like, at the very last second, some fans were even booing because they thought he was late, but he was not. Nick Jackson had one of the best near falls you'll ever see where he had, like, two and maybe seven, eight, seven 7.9 out of eight he kicked out. And then Trent had another near fall right after that that really got these people into it, I felt, toward the end. So I think the finishing sequence was really good, which elevated the match. But, yeah, the, the best friends faction, like, needs to... Uh there just needs to be more consistency in this uh specifically when like orange cassidy has been involved because ultimately this is leading to orange cassidy versus adam cole right yeah and well they're gonna have a lights out match and i think orange cassidy might win that one because now they're starting to tell the story of the best friends coming back that lights out match quote unquote won't count that's how they were able to beat Britt baker and she still you know became a bigger star than Thunder rosa but i i do think that uh, they're going to have a lights out stipulation where it doesn't count against adam cole's record so he can still say he's undefeated but i think orange cassidy wins that match well and um undefeated in singles like he keeps losing every time he's in a yeah you know what i mean And Beretta getting the pin tonight was good. So, I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's it's like you said, Alfred. Maybe it's the comeback. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I just, um, I don't think they're going to have Orange Cassidy beat Adam Cole. If Cole wins that match, they got to just move on. I want something different. If Cole wins, it's over. You guys tried. Congratulations. But we got to move on if Cole wins this match. Yeah. Agreed. I, I just want... I don't know. I want Adam Cole to do more. It feels like he's the one that's cooled down the most out of like the big names that they added onto the roster since All Out. Well, do you think, though, now granted, if we look back at uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and the idea of you bring people in and they're teaming together, you know, and you want to have this faction of people that came from one promotion over in another promotion and kind of do, you know, whatever pseudo I don't even know if it's invasion at this point, like more like an interception on AEW's part, but it just, it just seems weird to me. I feel like Adam Cole has been held back from really being a single star. I feel like he barely had singles momentum in NXT before he left. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he was champion for a year on NXT. I, I mean, but are you saying that the few months I'm saying, before, yeah, but he was feuding with Kyle O'Reilly right before he left. What yeah, I'm saying yeah, is like, was, yeah. he's not getting, uh, enough unique storylines, and like yeah. he, he's around. He, let me put it this way: he's surrounded by the same guys. Yeah. Is what I mean. Right, right. I mean, I, we're seeing him wrestle every week, and obviously, you know that, that he's getting TV time. We're seeing different versions of the match. I just would like a different storyline for him because he's just being involved with the same people for so long. 
Yeah. And here he is. It's like, it's like you transferred schools and some of your friends transferred schools and you're like, I don't need to make new friends. I'm just going to hang out with, you know, the kids yeah. I know from camp and uh, the friends from my old school. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. What you're comfortable with. Mix yeah, it up, just... Adam Cole. Eat lunch at a different table. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe they're just biding their time until Roderick Strong comes to AEW. Uh, he was backstage today with LA Knight. Oh, oh wait, uh, SmackDown. Star. Yeah, SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're probably going to do a dark match or main event. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but it's also, it speaks to the uh, embarrassment of riches that AEW has. That, like, Adam Cole is um, and the least successful of their recent acquisitions, in my opinion, for just, no, like... I don't know. Somewhere... No, yeah, there. I wouldn't say... No, no, Someone no, 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 there, no. Andrade is, is cursing you out in Spanish. No, 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 no. I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> pardon me, I'm thinking of, of the wave specifically. And this is what, again, by, let me be very clear before my, someone's going to message me on LinkedIn and take disagreement with this. <laughs> I'm saying of CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of that class coming over, CM Punk, granted, he was, he was, uh, all shucks fill for a little too long, but now he's course corrected. Of course, Daniel he's Bryan over there, like freaking squashing Sean Spears. Come on, Daniel Bryan is choosing to have like these very diverse and interesting matches. And with Adam Cole, I just feel like he's constantly in segments with his friends and girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, it's a high bar if we're gonna say who's That's the worst this year because I do think that all three have been successes in terms of how they've translated. You know, when it comes to wrestling and heat and being hot, like once upon a time, Hangman Adam Page felt like the hottest guy in the company, and that went on for about six months before the pandemic. And then when he came back and was going for the title, he felt like the hottest guy in the company. Since he's won, does not feel very Braun Breaker ish, where since Braun Breaker won. Feels like an afterthought, kind of, in that they book him in these little backstage segments, don't really have an opponent for him who's hot right now. The same thing's happening with Hangman on a page right now. So it just kind of goes in cycles. Right. Yeah. So you're in it there. Send those messages to This Is Nasty at Twitter. Adam Cole is the Braun, or uh, Hangman Adam Page is the Braun Breaker of AEW. Yes. yes. Oh, no. I said that. Quote me on that. Oh, no. <laughs> DMs are wide open, man. I always want the smoke. When I have time for it, I always want the smoke. <laughs> now, to the let it play out crowd who's in the chat and saying Cole is having fun, he's ranked number one. Okay, so Cole versus Hangman Adam Page. Yeah. He's, he's ranked yeah. number one because they reset the ratings. So he's like 2 and oh. Like, let's not get carried away with the ranking that's like two weeks old. It's like it's like it's January 2nd <laughs> and you're in an argument with your significant other and you're like, hey, I haven't been wrong all year. You know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just wasn't um when Miro first came before he became God's champion, wasn't he feuded with feuding with the best friends? Yes, they were doing the video games. So so maybe it's the best friends that's the issue. Because I hated Miro during that and as soon as he moved yeah. on from the best friends, it was epic. Just saying, just finding the similarities here, okay? Orange Cassidy <laughs> is the star of the best friends, and he's not even a best friend. Um, and until the best friends start having sleepovers and building pillow forts, I'm just not buying it. <laughs> and you know what? While we're questioning everything there is to question, why are they having bitch break in Cleveland, Ohio in January? Riddle me that. 
It's a, it, <laughs> that's a good question. It is in Cleveland, huh? Because usually yes. it's like Miami. Don't they have that Miami? In oh, that's January. First of all, there's not a beach in Cleveland, Ohio. But if you were going to suspend your disbelief, it's the middle of the winter. Good. <laughs> And I'm reminded of a line from uh, the real Roxanne. You know, did you meet him at the beach? Hell's no! In the middle of the winter when it's 20 below, they should. That's what they should do. They should challenge the fight and be like, "I'll see you at the beach, buddy." You know, and then they like, How do they have beach blasts like right after winter is coming. It's like, well, which one is it? You can't have the beach and the winter. Yes, uh, Carreros. Just just putting Raj Giri's daughters through college tonight yes. with these super chats. CM Punk to dethrone Adam Page. This is gonna this podcast is gonna be named after him pretty soon here. Okay, so to Detroit. Here's what I think is gonna happen with Adam. I'm sorry. Here's what I think is gonna happen with Adam Page. I think Adam Page is going to be next in line for Hank. Uh, did I say Adam? Adam Cole is gonna be next in line for Hangman Adam Page. I don't think it's gonna be CM Punk at that pay per view. I think Adam Cole is going to be the guy, but he's not going to beat him because I think that's a good way to set up the Young Bucks and the Elite going against, you know, Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era is that the Young Bucks somehow cost him the title and then Adam Page kind of goes with mm. the Young Bucks and then they start that story. It's Justin Rich is saying they're going to have winters coming in Miami, just to course correct. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, what, Alfred, what you're saying is that we need to let it play out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give it, give it time, everybody. It'll, it'll just play. All out. right, got it, got it. Hook versus Serpentico. They sent not, Hook. Not a long match. Nobody does more with less in this entire business. Nobody does more with less. What do you do with Hook? What they're doing? Why don't you, you don't do with it. Hook? Yeah, exactly. They're doing this guy. They've got everything right. How quick his matches are. Yeah. The ambiance. The hair. The music is mainstream and dope. Action Bronson is awesome. It, like this, everything about this is working. But where do you go? The hook is goals. Yeah. Where do you he go? Is. To the moon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you go for the TNT title? Do Actually, you... if you're a hook, you go to the strip club and make sure somebody tapes you <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> <laughs> that helps him. If anything, the fact that that it came does. out legitimately is not going to hurt his mystique and gimmick. Of course, hook is up no, in the club. It's... It's going to make him more badass. I, I love that. Listen, okay, I don't think he should challenge for a title yet, in my opinion, right? No, they should take their time with This is Goldberg, you know, very similar to Goldberg. Goldberg didn't immediately win that U.S. title. By the time it was time for him to win, I remember me and my friends were clamoring for it for a couple of weeks, and that's when they gave it to you, when you started to really get him on his horse. I don't think that they should rush this. They should take their time before he even has, like, a real feud let alone a TNT championship. Yeah, I agree. And one week he needs to enter to the Blues Traveler song hook. Just once. Yeah. <laughs> what is the tagline that he do with hook? That, this is how you know that he's getting the handsome devil. What is it? Baby face, handsome devil. Cold hearted, handsome devil. That's what they said over and over and over and over again. They want you to know that Cook, hook is a cold hearted, handsome devil. Right out of the WWE playbook. But listen, he's a top guy. Yeah, I just I just get happy when they send Hook. Yeah, Carroyos saying Hook will cause jealousy for Team Taz. Beat every person on Team Taz. Oh wow, you can see it. Him and his dad. Yeah, splitting away. He doesn't appear in those segments anymore. Now they don't want to overexpose him, which I think is very true to them. But now he's just looks too good for Team Taz. 
He's like Michael Jackson in Bad. Remember the first 15 minutes of Bad with Wesley Snipes where he goes yeah. back home and he corrects him on the tortoiseshells and they start fighting? That's what Hook is. Hook is Michael Jackson in Bad. That's an Same excellent comparison. <laughs> Wait, then who's Wesley Snipes? Oh, um, Will Hobbs is definitely Wesley Snipes. 100%. And then Hook is, who's the third guy? The third guy was Shouldn't he need to be on TV in order to play oh, this part? <laughs> Uh, Will Hobbs is Wesley Snipes. Those two years he disappeared and went to jail. That's what he. <laughs> For tax evasion. Tax surveyor <laughs> Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh, I it's know how every time we hit the, the hour 20 minutes, everything just. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, wait, in this scenario, Hook is the one going to, to the sissy school, forgetting who his friends are? That's yeah, yeah. No, because yeah. like, yeah, because he's not appearing with Team Taz anymore and they're going to be mad and he's now successful. You know, he's moved ahead of them. That's what the tension was in that Michael Jackson bad video, which I to this day think it should have been nominated for an Oscar, some kind of short form really? Emmy or uh, whatever you want to give it a nomination for it, because that is incredible. See, I think Off the Wall is probably my favorite Michael Jackson album. Oh, I love that. Love that. Tape. Yeah. I mean, Thriller, you can't just cultural phenomenon. You can't sure. deny right. that. I feel like Bad, Bad has perhaps my favorite Michael Jackson song, not written by Which him. Which one but, is uh, it? Uh, Man in the Mirror. Oh, oh great, great song. Yes. I've left instructions that, that for my wife. I've said, okay, so you play this at my funeral, and you say, Glenn just wanted everyone to take a moment and reflect on what they can do to change themselves. So we must now <laughs> all close our eyes and bob our heads along with the music like we're feeling it. And they're going to listen to Man in the Mirror. And, it's and I want everyone to start clapping at the end. <laughs> you know, like a long in time with it. It's going to be a moment. I love it. I want to send people away feeling inspired for my memorial service. That's, That's amazing, beautiful, Glenn. Glenn. I'm glad we got this recorded so that way now, you know, when we submit his final wishes, like, hey, man, he said it to us in a podcast. That's how you know it's yeah. real. Right I'm a big dangerous talk about guy. Hook. Yeah, really? right after we talk about Hook. Dangerous. Yeah, huge dangerous, dangerous guy. Dangerous. Michael Jackson and Teddy Riley, I thought was a match made in heaven. That new Jack swing with Michael Jackson. I love Dangerous. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's top three Michael Jackson album for me is Dangerous. Maybe top two. Remember the time is like that song and black and white too, but remember the time specifically, did you hear the mashup somebody did with uh, remember the time and then Phil Collins in the air tonight and they're taking the, the, I remember and the, do you remember? And they're like mixing them up. It's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. Seek that out. It's very well done. I love this. Uh, my mom's favorite song, Liberian girl. Nobody gave yeah. the Liberian girls love until Michael Jackson. Nobody sang about my Liberian girls and he had Liberian girls. Shout out to Liberia. I never told the Michael Jackson story uh, about seeing Cirque du Soleil's Michael Jackson one in Las Vegas, where if you go to Vegas shows, the tickets are very, very expensive, uh, typically. And you know me, I'm always looking for a deal. So I look online and I'm like, okay, somebody might be selling comps. Maybe, you know, somebody has an employee discount, maybe a high roller wants to offload some tickets. So I go to Craigslist and I see someone saying like, hey, Vegas shows and they list Michael Jackson's one, like we can get you a discount. So I message this person and they're like, I can get you the platinum seats that normally go for, you know, $400 a piece. I can get you those for 50 bucks. And they want me to meet somewhere. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that and get tickets. And then, you know, maybe, maybe the tickets don't work. So we saw another listing and the person said, you could, you could, you'll pick the tickets up at will call. They'll be in your name and you don't even have to pay me until after you're seated already. And so I'm just like, well, I can't lose here. Right. So <laughs> we go up. And I'm like, okay, you know, for 50 bucks a pop, $100, let's get these two platinum tickets. I go up 
and I hand the credit or I hand my ID to the woman at will call. And right when I'm handing it there, I have a moment of realization. Somebody bought these with a stolen credit card, which is why they're selling them to me for nothing. And all I have to do is pick them up and then, you know, someone will dispute the charge later, but the scammer just got this money. So I realized this and I don't say anything to my wife because I don't want to freak her out. And we have the tickets and I'm like, well, now I have the tickets. So we have to go in. So we go in and sit down and I tell my wife what happened. And she's like, holy shit. And then right after we do that, like a, the burliest looking usher I've ever seen, like walks by and my wife's like, holy shit, we're busted. They know, they know this happened with the stolen credit card. They looked at it. And he was just showing other people to their seats. So we calmed down, but the entire show we're sitting there <laughs> thinking we're about to get like arrested basically. <laughs> and it's ported out by police, you know? And then I had the debate with my wife, my wife after like, well, do I pay the scammer the money? And she's like, well, it seems like, like somebody has got to do some right in this equation. So, so we did end up paying the scammer, never heard anything about it from there, but that's why you don't buy tickets off Craigslist for pennies on the dollar. But Michael Jackson's one by Cirque du Soleil, beautiful show. Like I was, and they end with man in the mirror and I was just like bawling at the end. It's a great wow. commercial. Makes me want to see the show now. Yeah. I seen it actually. It's a great show. It is a oh, great nice. show. I, my tickets were not stolen. They were completely legally purchased. Just for the they record. weren't the tickets weren't stolen. Somebody bought them with a stolen credit card. I feel like I need to be very, very specific about that. That still makes them stolen. I mean, you're using the word stolen and tickets in the same sentence, Glenn. <laughs> Do you want me to like write a check to Mandalay Bay? Like show up and be like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, no, Glenn. It's okay. So you can be bad, like Michael Jackson, every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Carreos say I can't I'm just confessing to being complicit. In an internet scam, uh, which I was the victim. <laughs> if you think about it, I was really the victim of that scam. Oh, were you? Did me, you enjoy the show? Way to frame it like that. Mandalay Bay and myself, because now I have to carry that on my conscience. <laughs> every time I listen to Michael Jackson, every time I see a video, I say to my wife, hey, I say, hey, remember the time? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Carroyos, Buck99 saying, hook, can, can, he can, 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 he can, he can, 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 with Dante Martin and win the tag titles. With the, um, I want to see think, top flight return. Dante and Darius are going to be really fun. I think Hook should be on his own. He's his own entity. Yes, just, I agree. I just think he's larger than life. He don't need anybody by him. You know, he's Hook. So, this was a short match where Hook beat Serpentico. Who is Serpentico? I'm not familiar with Serpentico. And uh, oh, he's um, from San Juan, Puerto Rico. There you go. Great guy. Bet you he plays plays great dominoes. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, hook quick victory via submission. And then uh, QT Marshall's out with the microphone. He calls Hook a delinquent. (laughs) And Hook suplexed him. Why is he a delinquent? Well, he's skipping school to, to wrestle in AEW. He does kind of look like a kid. I think that's very funny because Quinty Marshall's oh, on the older side. Well. And him calling him delinquent's a perfect insult to come from QT Marshall to Hook. I thought that was perfect. True. So, um, oh, let's talk about Jade Cargill cutting this promo on Anna Jay calling her Anna Banana. <laughs> this was very good. 
Yeah, the, that bitch slayer. I thought that was a good line for Anna Jay. Yeah, clever. I, I was like, no way you're going to slay her, but okay, good yeah. good for you for coming up with that. Yeah. Well, and then Anna Jay saying she's a dark side, she's in the dark order. Yeah. And then uh, the funniest part about that, and talking about not knowing about the dark order, Chris Jericho, I think it was, he, he goes, oh, she's wearing purple because she loves the color purple. And it's like, no, 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 because she's in the dark order. They all wear purple, Chris. Where have you been, buddy? <laughs> loves the color purple. She loves the color purple. <laughs> My middle brother, I won't say his name, uh, one time we were talking and I said, made a reference to something. And I said, you know, like in the color purple. And he was like, you know, I'm a big Prince fan, but I've never actually seen that. <laughs> Jesus. It's way off. Way off. Could you imagine? You're going into English class and you're thinking like, I'm not going to read the book. I'm going to see the movie. And I'm doing my report on the color purple. And instead you watched Purple Rain <laughs> and got up and told that story. <laughs> I need to write something for a sitcom or perhaps a feature film just to include that scenario. Yes. This one and episode. And preferably it should be that they have to come dressed as their favorite character from no, the piece no. of work and he shows up dressed as Prince. From, from, okay. <laughs> that would be that epic. Would be that that would, would be really epic. <laughs> so she loves the color purple. Big Oprah fan. Big Oprah fan. Till you do right by me. <laughs> Powerful movie. You know, I never actually saw it. Really? Unbelievable! I saw. I was too young to really appreciate yeah. it. I still liked it kind of when I was young, but it was. It's you know when you go back and see it as adults, really good. For yeah. sure, I think during the eighties there were kind of the movies that were for grownups, and I remember I would go and see them, but I just didn't get it. Man, like I saw Yentl yeah. when I was a kid, and I'm like, I don't, I don't get this. She wants to be a rabbi, so she's dressing as a boy. Okay, sure, it makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those films that just sort of like you're not emotionally, intellectually equipped to really appreciate. Like I saw the yeah. Last Emperor in theaters. That's like three hours long about the Last Emperor of China. And uh, yeah, like uh, the new Batman's gonna be. Th I'm gonna be there night one. That new Batman's gonna be three hours long. It's like three two hours. hours forty seven minutes. No, fifty five minutes. I thought I saw oh, two wow. hours fifty five minutes. Yeah, I'm here for longest here Batman. For I got time. I got time for that. Yeah, like me a long superhero movie. Uh so Anna J loves the color purple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris Jericho. Do you think he just completely like? I mean, Jericho is a pop 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 culture nerd. Like, yeah, it yeah. might have been a rib, but no, I don't think. I think he was just. <laughs> I just don't think he was familiar with the whole gimmick of the dark order. Which that too. Uh, I feel like Jericho chimes in like always has to have something to say. Didn't always do the research. Right. Right. Yes. Right. That's either the case or he's screaming. <laughs> He'll chime in with something that makes no sense, or he's literally screaming. Yes, he, he's always at ten, like Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I thought this match was really good for what I was expecting from this too. I know that doesn't sound too good, but <laughs> I would be lying if I said I was like a little worried when they announced that they were going to wrestle this match. I thought they, I thought they did well for you know non very experienced women in the ring. I, I enjoy the match. 
Yeah. Me too. I thought it was both of their best match. I think, yeah. you know, as much as I think Jade Cargill's talented, uh, I, I like her in short dominant matches, regardless so, of where she gets skill level wise. Because I do think as an elite athlete, she's going to get to the point where she's an incredible wrestler in terms of, you know, the in-ring product. It's just going to take some time. But even when she does, she should be in these short matches. She should be dominating people. I thought she should have just dominated Anna Jay. Having said that, you know, given the relative inexperience of both women, they killed it. And it was amazing. Yep. I thought it was a very good match, especially toward the end where they really kind of Anna J rallied toward when the end where came, it's like, oh, what are we yeah, doing here? When they came back from that final commercial break, they put a couple of really good sequences between the two of them. Yeah. I thought Anna J for one second had it. It was very, very good. I still prefer Jay to be squashing people. There was one point where she just stood in front of Jack Silver and she just towered over him. And it's just like, why is somebody like that having long matches? This woman yeah. should be out there just murdering these women in like a minute or two. That's just my preference because of the way that she looks. But outside of that, I really, really enjoyed this match. And, um, you know, shout out to both women because they yeah. surpassed all expectations, in my opinion. This was good, and I think that it made absolute sense um, with uh, Jade getting that win and yeah. retaining the TBS championship via pinfall. And Jade Cargill twenty-five and zero. Do you think? Do you Love think it. they had? Do you think they had the twenty-four and one graphic ready to go? In case you lost. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't get to see it, but I love that they're doing the streak. They're doing the number. This is kind of Tony Khan trolling Eric Bischoff because Bischoff's not a fan of the comparison between Jade Cargill and Goldberg. So it's like, oh, yeah? Well, then I'm just going to do the streak. We're going to make an even bigger comparison. So next week, she's going to come out bald. So, you know, they're just doing the, the comparison oh, with No, stop. <laughs> but Which I is funny it. because I just said how they reset the rankings, but not for not for Jade, as you shouldn't because she's undefeated. But I, I like the idea of making this a big deal because when, when it happens, when it comes, it's going to feel like a big deal because we're all aware that she's undefeated and 25 and all now. Yes. Yeah. All the geniuses out there. The question is not, is Jade Cargill ready? It's, is AEW ready? Are they not going to F this up? You, on the same show, the match before, you took an inexperienced hook and made him look like the biggest star by hiding his weaknesses, short matches. Is AEW ready for Jade Cargill? That's what we're going to find out. If she fails, it's a colossal ineptitude and failure of AEW, not Jade Cargill. Is AEW Agreed. ready for Jade Cargill? Let's find out. Yeah. It, it was a very good match. It was a very good show. And it's amazing how it being live, the audience even, the audience. Yes. Because they're not exhausted from watching Dark and then Dynamite yeah. and then having to stay for the Rampage taping. It made a big difference in the audience energy. They were in a bigger city, too. That always helps. But everything about this show felt different. I really wish that if, if Rampage doesn't function for them at a negative cost, they, they would do it live more often. Yeah. I agree. I cared about this Rampage so much more. Nothing yeah. was spoiled. I mean, I had a pretty good idea who was winning most of the matches, um, but still, this was this was a very very good episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, reminded me of the first Rampage. Uh, that energy, oh, the live of. energy, the yeah. good matches on this show. I really like this episode of Rampage. and easy to digest. It went by fast. It was easy to digest, which is what I used to love about Rampage. Which there was a couple of episodes there that felt like they were dragging. Not tonight. That was a fun one. When you compared it to the stupid ending of smackdown and like the lower points of smackdown and like this was nice i kind of like the uh the uh momentum ending the evening. yeah yeah me too a little sad though because royal rumble being my favorite 
premium oh, yeah. live event of the year. <laughs> this should be like the fun episodes. These are the last two episodes before we go into the rumble. You just expect to see more, but they don't, they don't, they don't care about go home shows. Don't even mean anything anymore. I know this wasn't a go home, but I just remember buildups to the rumble used to be so much fun. You're starting to feel the WrestleMania air, you know, it's coming, but it doesn't feel that way. But I will say, I have no clue who's winning the rumble. Apparently, Knoxville, but and that makes it exciting. I think both men's and women's. I don't know who's winning it, and that makes it exciting because it's kind of like uncertain. It also makes it terrifying, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, it really does. That's the, that's the appeal is that they're leaving it wide open. <laughs> they're pushing one guy to win the thing. Stop. And, uh, you stop! Okay. You stop, Alfred. You stop. I cannot wait for the segment where everybody pushes each other over the top rope on Monday. One week from Saturday, whether I'm advertised or not, if Johnny Knoxville wins this Royal Rumble, you will see me on this podcast. Listen, I'm going to be at the Rumble. I will freaking video call you from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be on the podcast with Isa on the phone. <laughs> Getting a two for the price of one. There you go. Well, there you have it, everyone. I feel like tonight... We've grown as people. We've shared stories. We've discussed <laughs> ideas. It's it's been an eventful podcast, and I thank you all for coming along this journey with us. Yeah, it has been, it has been magical. <laughs> with that in mind, everyone have a great weekend. Isa's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Steve with a one. Alfred's at this is nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein, and we will catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care, everyone. Good night. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.